This morning, I want to talk about recognizing the time, recognizing the time. There's a lot that you can recognize in our times that we're living in today. You could recognize frustration. You could recognize anger. If you look hard enough, and sometimes you have to look hard enough, you can recognize times of caring and compassion. Those don't seem to have very much prevalence in our ability to see those things because it's the negative, it's the harsh things that are out front and out and they just get our attention. But there is a time that we must all recognize that doesn't have anything to do with current events, but it's a spiritual time. I want to read to you a story out of Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, verse number 28, it says, After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who went ahead who were sent ahead, went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he was doing as he as he went thank you as he went along people spread their cloaks on the road when he came near the place where the road goes down the mount of olives the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise god in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen blessed is the king who comes in the name of the lord Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And that's my subject this morning from that verse, recognizing the time. 
I'm going to go back through some of these verses and just kind of highlight a little bit. But today is Palm Sunday, which is the Sunday before Easter, the Sunday that this occurred in your Bible, how that people were joyfully welcoming the Messiah, the King of Kings. If you look at verse number 30, he said, go get the colt. He was giving them instructions. No one had ever ridden before. Jesus was giving them, he was giving them specifics about a situation that would not have been able to be known by anybody. But he was God in the flesh. As the Son of God, he was here and he had the knowledge to know. Verse 31, he says, if anyone asks you again, he was giving specific instructions on what to do. If anybody asks you, you just tell them the Lord needs it. And verse 32, they obeyed him and it was just like he said that it would be. Showing his lordship. I would submit to you today that if Jesus said it's going to be this way, then it's going to be that way. If his word says it, then that's what it means. And verse 33, if the owners ask you why, you just tell them, verse 34, just tell them the Lord needs it. Can you imagine? Now, put yourself in their shoes. I'm going to go and find a guy and I'm going to ask him for his donkey that nobody's ever ridden and he's going to give it to me. And if he says, well, why do you want it? Just say, well, this guy over here needs it. The Lord needs it. And you're thinking, they're not going to let me have that. <laughs> why? I mean, somebody shows up in your driveway. You just had a new car delivered. Nobody's ever driven it before. Um, I need that because the Lord needs it. I'm going to call the cops on you. You don't get out of my driveway. <laughs> I mean, it's absurd. I mean, you think about this. But it was just as Jesus said, they gave the answers that he said, give. And they said, it'll be okay. I mean, they just let them take it. He knew what it was going to be. And verse 35, this Palm Sunday that we talk about, they threw their cloaks, their outer garments onto the donkey, which was a sign of, of reverence. What is the significance about the donkey? It was about royalty. It was about it was symbolic about royalty. You can read in the, in King David's time where they had uh, when when David brought his his animal out, his royal animal for Solomon to ride on, so people would know that he is the king. It meant something. It meant this is royalty. This is the king. They were honoring him. In John's version of this story, in John 12, 13, they took palm branches and they went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, which means save now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. They were, these that were surrounding Jesus on what is referred to as the triumphal entry, they were emotional and they were excited because Jesus, whom they had heard about, they had witnessed that he performed miracles. They'd personally seen the things that he had done amongst them. He was the Messiah. He had to be the one that was going to deliver them. And he was the one who would deliver them. They believed that he was the one that would deliver them from the oppression of the Roman government. The Roman yoke, that heavy burden that had been put on them. They were excited. 
They expected the kingdom of God to just come and appear and Jesus was going to be their king. He was going to depose the Roman government and they were going to set up Israel again as a great nation, as a great leader in the world. This was a fulfillment of the prophecy from 600 years, of, 600 years before in Zechariah 9.9. He said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation. That's a key, having salvation. Gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, on the foal of a donkey. They were all thinking about that verse. They knew that verse. They were thinking, He's come. Salvation has come. I'm going to cry out, Hosanna, because you've come just as Zechariah said you would come. You've come to save us, and you're here on that foal of a donkey. Just like the Scripture said, it's fulfilling right before our eyes. Save us now. Save us now. Hosanna. Hosanna to the kings. Blessed is he who comes. We're just about to be delivered now. That's what they were talking about. That's what they were excited about. Amen. The palm branches they were holding while declaring his lordship. I find this fascinating. While they're declaring the lordship and holding palm branches in their hand it is a picture and a type uh, how many know that in the Old Testament, just like this prophecy, was a picture of what Jesus was doing then? And this, what ha was happening on this triumphal entry, holding the palm branches in their hand, was a glimpse and a picture of what is yet to happen as revealed in the revelation of Jesus Christ given to John in Revelation 7-9 when the great multitude in white robes were standing there. And John writes, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. That's all of us, folks. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. In verse 37 of our text, the whole crowd of disciples, they joyfully praised the Lord in loud voices. Don't ever be ashamed to praise the Lord in a loud voice. Don't ever be ashamed to do that in a loud voice. They were praising him for all the miracles that they had seen. Just think about all the things that God has done in your life. You have a reason to praise him. You have a reason to be thankful to him. In verse 38, they said, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest and then the Pharisees, verse 39, said, Rebuke your disciples. Tell them not to do that. In verse 40, he said, Well, if they don't, then the very rocks are going to cry out because this is the moment that everyone has been waiting for. This is the moment that salvation is coming to you. Everything that Jesus had done in his earthly ministry, in that three years of earthly ministry, culminated in this week, this Passion Week, the week before he was to face the cross. He was truly the Messiah, the King, as proclaimed by the people. And in verse 41, he wept over Jerusalem. He wept. Imagine Christ weeping. And wailing freely and openly before the multitudes, many of whom would suffer the most horrible deaths in all of history. The spot where this likely occurred was on, was on the caravan road from Bethany to Jerusalem. I want you to picture this. On reaching the summit of the top of the Mount of Olives, Jerusalem and all its beauty just kind of burst into view. 
Moriah with its temple was in the foreground and just beyond the narrow deep valley of the Kidron and Zion rose higher still beyond Moriah was and was crowned with Herod's palace. It was here that this crowd had this emotional outburst and Christ wept over the city and he made the prediction of its destruction. While the crowd was rejoicing, Jesus was weeping. This is the second occasion in which the Lord wept openly. The first was at the tomb of Lazarus. You'll remember that from John eleven thirty five. So if you never ever need a verse to memorize, you can memorize that one. Jesus wept. There he wept quietly. Jesus wept quietly at Lazarus's tomb. But here he uttered loud lamentation like one who was mourning and deeply grieving over the dead. In this he was like the prophet Jeremiah who wept bitterly over the destruction of Jerusalem. You remember the story of Jonah and Jonah went to Nineveh and he was upset because God allowed them to repent and he wanted them to be destroyed. But Jesus looked at them, didn't want them to be destroyed. But what he looked at them and he found the cause for weeping because if he looked back, he saw how the nation had wasted opportunities and had not recognized the time of God's coming to you. He was amongst them, but they didn't really recognize who he was. If he looked within, they should have, if, they, if, 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 they, if he looked within, he should have, they should have known who he saw spiritual ignorance and blindness in the hearts. They really should have known who he was. For God had given them his word and sent messengers to prepare the way. Message after message, prophet after prophet was predicting this time to come. But yet they still had spiritual blinders on. They refused to believe that he was the Messiah that he came to be. As, as he looked around, Jesus saw religious activity that accomplished very little. The temple had become a den of thieves. And the religious leaders were out to kill him. The city was filled with pilgrims celebrating a festival. But the hearts of people were heavy with sin and life's burdens. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? As Jesus looked ahead, he wept as he saw the terrible judgment that was coming to the nation, the city, and the temple. And in A.D. 70, it would come to pass after a siege of 143 days killed 600,000 Jews. And they took thousands more captive and they destroyed the temple and the city. Why did all of this happen? Because people did not recognize the time of God's coming, the time that he visited them. He came to his own and his own received him not, John 1.11 tells us. He knew what lie ahead for the chosen people of God, but he also knew that many would turn away from him and harden their hearts and reject him as Messiah. And he wept deeply and agonized deeply over this. Many of those that sang and praised Hosanna would be the ones later that would call out, crucify him, crucify him. A week later. This destruction happened 
seven decades after he spoke it at the hands of the Romans. In verse 44, he said, the reason is because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. How does this matter now? I'm glad you asked. There are many people who believe in God. There are many people who have heard the gospel message of Jesus. They've been touched inside, but they've determined not to accept him. They've heard messages. They've been touched on the inside, but they have rejected the message. And they've rejected Christ. And they've chosen to live their own way. Because if I follow Christ, that means I'll have to change. And yes, it does mean you have to change. How many know that we can't change on our own? If we could change on our own, the sacrifice of Christ would not have been necessary. But we can't change on our own. They failed to recognize the time of God's coming through Jesus Christ. They say the God of the Bible isn't the God that they can identify with. And he really isn't the Jesus that I want him to be. They reject him. And when they reject him, destruction also lies ahead, just as it did for the people in this story. Destruction always comes after the rejection of Jesus Christ. Oh, it may not come tomorrow or the next day, but it will come. Preacher, you're just trying to scare me. I'm telling you the facts of the Bible. I'm telling you the facts. If nobody else is willing to stand up and say that there is evil and a hell to shun, then I'm going to stand here and say it. We must realize that there is more to life than what we see here. Just as Jesus wept over Jerusalem that day because they should have known and they didn't recognize the time of his coming, I could just imagine him weeping over the lost that still refused to recognize the time of his coming. Recognizing the time of Jesus' coming is the only way that you can receive eternal life. Oh, preacher, I'll be okay. I feel like I'm all right. You can't live by feelings. How many times did people feel all right whenever they left their house that morning and they never returned? How many people thought everything seemed okay and one moment they're gone and the next they're not here? And it knows no age boundaries. It knows no social economic status. It knows none of that. We will stand before God. And if we don't recognize him now, we will absolutely recognize him then. Just the song that we say, we lay our crowns at his feet. Sadly, most will have no crowns to lay at his feet. They will try to lay excuses at his feet. Yes. They will say, well, 
I didn't think it was this serious. I thought I was going to be okay. There was some other preacher that told me I was going to be okay. There was somebody else that said, oh, it'll be all right. I never will forget. When we went to Faith Assembly, they had a youth group there that did a skit. And they had on the platform, they had a youth group set up as if they were having a meeting like in their youth service. And they had several chairs set up and the, the, the youth leader was talking at the front. And on the back row, there was a couple of girls that were, that were talking to each other. And the youth minister gave the invitation to come forward for salvation. And one girl, you could tell by her body language, she wanted to get up. But the other girl said, oh, no, you don't want to do that. It's okay. You don't have to go up. And then the next scene was that girl got in an automobile accident and died. And then the very next scene was her showing her screams of horror from hell and torment. How that she wished she would have gone. It left such an impression on me that after 30 years, I can still see it just like it was yesterday. And that's not a memory. It's a realistic scene that plays out day after day after day. People go from this life. Before we leave this service today, thousands will have died across this planet. Unfortunately, most will not be ready spiritually to meet God. And the sad thing is, is there are people that know better. There are people that have been taught. How many of you have heard the story that train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old, he will not depart from it? That doesn't mean that a child's going to be eternally saved because they've chosen to follow Jesus Christ at a young age because... It, what, but what it does mean is that teaching that you've instilled with them, it will always be inside them. They will never be able to get from it. That's why you, sir, that's why you, ma'am, if you have had any kind of teaching, any kind of instruction in the Bible, any kind of Bible stories, those stories are there. They will be there forever. You will never be able to get them out of your mind or your spirit. They will always be there. And your mind goes back to a time when you heard a Sunday school teacher or a parent or a grandparent read you out of the Bible. And those stories will be there. Why is that? It's because the Holy Spirit can reach into your heart and reach into your mind and your spirit and bring those to now because they're relevant now. Why are they relevant? Some people say, well, I, I just, I, I don't know if I can really do it. I don't know if I can really be a Christian and I don't want to be a hypocrite. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you. And he's the God of second chances and third chances. He's the God that is more than enough. We fail him even when we don't try to fail him. We do fail. We can try to do things better and better and better. But we're really not able to do it without holding on to his hand. And I've been through a lot of stuff. And I'm sure some of you have been. And I'd much rather go through it with Jesus than without him. Recognizing the time of God's coming. 
Never will forget a young man that came up to me at the altar. There's two different times that come to mind. I've shared, I think, both these stories at some time in the past. But a young man came up. I'd known him since he was a little boy. Probably six or seven years old. And as a teenager, he came to the altar. And he said something that just sent a chill through me. He says, I haven't been able to feel or sense the presence of the Lord in a long time. Now, I know that we cannot base our relationship or our closeness with God on feelings. Feelings can mislead us. We trust the word of God. But I am so glad that when we praise him, when we worship him, when we pray, when we read the word, the Holy Spirit who Jesus said would live in us and be with us and be a guide. Uh, you can't have a guide without having some type of internal sense that he's there. You can't do that. Uh, how would it be if you went to it on a trip and they say, well, this this person right here is going to be your guide and you're thinking okay what do i do and they'd stand there and do nothing and you're thinking they're not saying or doing anything no that's not the holy spirit the holy spirit is active and engaging in your life and i'm so glad that he allows us to do that but what this young man was saying is that i have been close to god before and i have sensed his presence but I don't feel that anymore. And it scared him. Folks, if you have sensed the presence of the Lord before and you haven't sensed or felt him in a very long time, then you need to be scared. You need to be afraid. You need to be concerned that something is not right in your life. You need to be closer to the Lord. Now, again, I recognize that there may be seasons and times that you may go through and you just don't sense that he's there and you know that everything on the inside is right. And to you, I say, just keep on doing what you're doing and get people around you to pray and to help you and don't depend on the feeling, depend on the word of God. Just keep going through it. I've had seasons in my life when I felt like my prayers just bounced off the ceiling and I didn't feel like I could touch God. But I didn't give up and I kept persevering. And there will be a time. But before we left that altar that Sunday night, that young man was tears streaming down his face. He knew that he had an encounter with God. And there was another time when a young man that was at church there was a message in tongues and interpretation that went out and basically it was very specific and pointed and it said, don't allow this to be the last time that the Lord deals with you because he's only going to deal with you for so long. And this young man came up because he had been flirting with some things that he hadn't ought to have been. And he came up and he said, I... I don't want to I don't want anything to be wrong in my life and, and I need to make things right because I don't want him to ever stop calling me. I don't want him to ever stop communicating with me. Can I tell you that there is absolutely a time when the Spirit of God will not strive with you if you reject him and you reject him and you reject him and you reject him. There will be a last time. There will be a time that'll be more. And you really understand. And what I say to you is don't let 
that time be now. I know the Holy Spirit is moving right now. I know God is doing something in your heart and in your life. And you say, you may say, but Pastor, I, I've asked Jesus into my heart and I, I'm saved. I understand that. Maybe there's some that are watching that, that aren't that way. But, but here in the house and online, whatever the circumstance is, maybe you need to invite Jesus into your heart. Maybe the problem is, is you've not made him Lord of your life. You see, in order for salvation to come, the requirement is not that we believe He is the Son of God. We have to believe that, yes. But the requirement is, is that we believe He is Lord. We trust Him that He is Lord. What does that mean? That means He has control. We invite Him to be Lord of our lives. We trust in His Authority. We trust in his character and personhood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and we trust that he is Lord. That if you believe with your mouth and confess what? Jesus is Lord. It didn't say confess that Jesus is the Son of God. It says confess that Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. <coughs> Have you made him Lord? God will never be what human nature wants him to be. But he will always be who the Bible says that he is. Our world today must hear the message if they are to recognize the time of God's coming to them. As Jesus, just as Jesus lived, he ate and he shared life with those around him and showed them who God is. I believe it is an incumbent upon every believer, every follower of Jesus Christ, that we must do the same. We must show people who Jesus is through our actions, through our words, and through our deeds. We must show them who Jesus is in our everyday life. Don't ever be ashamed or embarrassed to reveal that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. If you've passed an opportunity to fully recognize Jesus as Lord, as Messiah at some point in the past, it's not too late for you to recognize him now. Just as those that praised him and cried out, Hosanna, or save now, let, let Jesus hear the cry from your heart, Lord, save me now, Hosanna. Now is the time, because there may not be another. He's calling out to you right now. Luke 10.10 10 sums up what Jesus said. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I, I apologize, that's not the right verse. Uh, I think it's it's a different verse, but it's I, I think it's uh, earlier in the same chapter. I think it's 19 to 10, and I put down the wrong verse. You can take that one down. Jesus, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's what he came to do. And he's still doing that. And the question I leave you with and ask you this morning is, will you recognize the time of his coming to you. He's come for you. First for salvation. And then for lordship. In your life. Would you bow for prayer. Father I thank you right now. I thank you for your goodness and mercy. I thank you God. Because of who you are. I thank you Lord that you've called us to recognize the time on this Palm Sunday. Of just who you are. Lord, as we prepare our hearts to receive your love, your compassion, and your mercy.
May it extend to all of those who are listening today. And Lord, may we feel compelled and willing to completely make you Lord over every aspect of our lives. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's an old song as I was studying last night and I began to play. And uh, decision to follow Jesus Christ let this song be your prayer it's called Lord I'm coming home hallelujah I think we've got words up there you can join us and I know that there may be some online make this your prayer I wandered far away 25. I'm sorry. There we go. There we go. That's all right. Hallelujah. I wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. The paths of sin too long I've tried Lord I'm coming home coming home coming home never more to wrong oh Lord, I'm coming home. I've wasted many precious years. Now I'm coming home. I now repent with bitter tears. Lord, I'm coming home, coming home, coming home, never more to roam, open wide thy I've tired of sin and straying, Lord. Now I'm coming home. I'll trust thy love, believe thy word. Lord, 
I'm coming home, coming home, coming home, never more to roam. Open wide thy arms of love, Lord. My soul is sick, my heart is sore, now I'm coming home. This is what happens when we realize that my strength renew, my hope restore. Lord, I'm coming home. All together, let's sing it. Oh, yes, I'm coming home, coming home, never more to roam. Open wide thine arms of love, Lord, I'm coming home. Hallelujah. Right now, all across this place, joining us online. Maybe you've gotten further away than you intended to. Right now, we're just going to trust in Jesus. Lord, I've wasted opportunities. I don't want to live this way and I can't continue this way. And I ask right now, Jesus, that you will forgive me. Lord, the time is now. Let me make you Lord over all of my life. In the name of Jesus, I praise you for it, Lord. I thank you for it. I thank you for bringing peace and victory into my life. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, we need to hear from you. It's a resource we want to get into your hands called Rescued. And it's a powerful book about how you can have victory in your walk with the Lord. And your maybe your refreshed walk with the Lord. Or your first time commitment to the Lord. I've said this, I don't know how many times. But the three things that you need to do more than anything else is you need to make sure... That you read your Bible, you pray, and you attend church and do those things as often as possible because those things will keep you strong in your faith. Make sure that you do those things because the enemy comes in right after this and he says, oh, nothing has changed. You're still the same person and that is further from the truth. When you've made a commitment to Jesus Christ, he will be there every step of the way. He's always there. Just as this song says, He gives you strength, He renews you, and He restores your hope. Because you said, Lord, I'm going to come home. I'm going to come back to the place. How many know that when you've had children that have gone away from home, and something happens, and they end up back at home? Because they know that home is a safe place. They know that home is a place they can always come to where they will be loved, they will be accepted, and they will be 
just nurtured. How many know that when you come back to God, when you come to Him, He loves, He nurtures you, He gives you hope, and there's no place else that you can go that will be the same as coming home to the Lord. If you're here this morning and you need prayer, whatever it is, I want you to come. We'll pray with you. Hallelujah. Sometimes we recognize the time time of God's coming to us. He comes to us for salvation. He comes to us also for healing and He delivers us. He is a deliverer. He is a healer. Sometimes you may wonder why things happen when they do. I don't have an answer for that, but I do know this. I know that God's timing is always right. His timing is always right. He gives you hope and He gives you renewal to help see you through from this time the next time, the next season.